I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round six and our uh, review of round five of the 2020 season of MLS Fantasy. A crazy season it has been. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Kick Childhood Cancer, brought to you by Continental. Uh, all of the month of September, if anyone sends a tweet that says hashtag Kick Childhood Cancer, Continental is going to donate $25 to Childhood Cancer Research. So uh, this is a for real one this time. Get on board that. Hashtag kick childhood cancer. Make a difference in the world and somebody's lives. Do it. Um, also, as always, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the <clears throat> amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. You guys rock and I love you so much. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you fellas doing tonight? I'm good. Doing well. I'm, I'm hoping maybe I can get in on this cameo thing that the LA Galaxy were able to get. You know, <laughs> if anyone wants to pay me $35 to, you know, say stupid things, not realizing I'm actually dissing my own team. Let me know. I'm more than happy to accommodate that. I, I'm, I'm broke and I'm cheap. <laughs> and and he has been putting down the league for years on this podcast, so he is he is ready to go. I am quite able to rant or put down whatever, whomever. I mean, my own team, I've done it plenty on this podcast. I might do it again tonight. Actually, yes. I'm, tonight might be more of a referee night. I'm kind of in that mood. Yeah, you, can have a, you can have a pause. <laughs> uh, a brief pause. Uh Two things before we get started, get get everybody in the right mind frame. As I said at the top of the show, uh, we're helping join in with the Kick Childhood Cancer initiative that's going on right now with MLS and Continental. So please do uh, tweet out hashtag Kick Childhood Cancer. What I don't understand about this is is I don't think it's a each tweet or one tweet per person equals a $25 donation. I think it's just every time it's tweeted, there's a $25 donation with a maximum donation that continental is going to be giving i believe that's what they're a matching that they're getting up to or whatever they're doing I, I heard it mentioned quickly on extra time radio while i was mowing last weekend and i don't remember the actual <laughs> number but uh so yeah just go out there and just start spamming hashtag kick childhood cancer and help make a difference right there also, as you've probably noticed, we're coming to you on Tuesday instead of Monday. And the reason for that is because of Labor Day here in the United States. For those of you who are international uh, listeners, for you it was just called Monday. And uh, I'm sorry, it's Mondays are rough and we get to have one off this week. So uh, that's why we're coming to you late. But it's also very important because games start Wednesday. That is tomorrow if you're listening tonight or today if you're listening tomorrow when this drops on SoundCloud or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, but yeah, no, it's very important. We have a, a medium-sized double game week, I'm going to say. So we're going to try to touch on some of the high points and just get to that content as quickly as we can. No guests tonight because we want to try to keep it keep it focused on uh, the upcoming round that is quickly approaching to us. Uh, but of course, guys, as we always have to do now that we're back in playing, 
Uh, let's do a quick recap of how did you guys do with your teams? Blaine uh, or Mike, you go ahead. You start talking. All right. Uh, I got 95 points, um, which I think was pretty good. Um, the main killer for me was I missed that Nani was out in the first game. And so I got that nice one point because I couldn't do anything <laughs> about it. Um, I went with Bo, and that was the other big disappointment. But um, going in with Pavone and Legette really paid off for me. Um, Quintero was huge. Uh, Pozuelo eventually redeemed himself from the stupidest penalty kick that I think every <laughs> fantasy manager was mad about yes. um, on last Tuesday night. Um Otherwise, other than being disappointed that Toronto defense, Toronto's defense no-showed two games, two of the easiest games you could possibly have, um, I did okay. So I've been moving up in ranks. I don't know if I'm going to get in the top 50 for this little four-week stretch. Uh, I think I'm in like the 300s right now, but we, we shall see. Ho- hopefully I get close enough and everyone ahead of me has already qualified. <laughs> top 200. Shooting for the top 200 during this this quarter section is it just top 200 for this triad yes i believe it's going to be five the top 500 players the 100 from (laughs) the the first part of the season then 200 from this chunk 200 from the next chunk and then we'll have the champions league so you're so close you're so close i i I am close i gotta gotta see how many points away that i am then well you're looking that up blaine how'd you do i got a 96 this week nice Uh, not terrible. I did go with the Pasuelo captain, and that worked out well for me. Um, Zardes hit on the second game, which gave it to me. Uh, I guess I got lucky with Toronto's defense. I went with Arrow, who got me a seven, which I can't really complain about. I mean, when you Soft. get a seven and you give up goals, you're not – I mean, there's no complaining there. Um, I did. I did try to go with LGP this week for an 11, which shocked me. Uh, what really hurt me, though, was my bench didn't do as much as I had hoped. I had two fours, so I had to take one of those. And then I started Rui Diaz, who got a two. Mm. So I'm pretty much done with him. He can't score when I have him. And when I don't have him, he scores like crazy. So maybe I'll just take him despite Seattle. But I don't know that I can trust him on my fantasy team as much going forward. Well, uh, I'll give a quick recap. The uh, The average competition score this week, according to the game, was 32.7 points. So that's that's kind of wild right there. A um, lot, of, lot of inactive teams. I, I sent a message out to James to try to figure out how this works. I don't know if, if people who are inactive just get a zero because they're over the salary cap or if they're under the salary cap if it's still i don't know how that works if you're over or under i guess as long as you have people who play you still get the points so uh those people must be over the salary cap if they're getting zero points because they probably have some players who are who are legal but interesting quirk this season uh i myself i got 114 points so i uh i had a pretty good pretty good bounce back uh rank 50 overall so i had a lot of people with some very high points uh congrats to all of those um, overall, I'm I'm ranked 14, so I cannot make the Champions League again, Matt, Mike. So um, I don't know if you want to look at your leagues for you or anybody else listening. Uh, if you're looking at your leagues to find out where you qualify, you should have the fantasy, the FCL 
qualifier two listed near the bottom of your leagues and uh, that should not include anybody who made the champions league qualifier from the first the first qualifier weeks one and two uh, so i think that would be your best look mike to figure out where if you're going to make anybody else listening um, not just the overall rankings so uh, pretty good i see some good scores here we got uh Ari Hillman, 103 points. Fantastic right there. Patrick is pleading the fifth, so he must have gone in heavy with uh, with people like Pity Martinez or or something last week. Ooh, sorry. Sorry, too soon? <laughs> too soon for that Pity reference? I don't know. Um, he did say he gets 78, so not, not, not horrible. You were above the average, Patrick. Let's go with that. Uh, Brian Smith, 108. Fantastic score right there uh so 96 from kendrick lots of great scores coming in so congratulations to you who got it for those of you who didn't it was kind of a weird round uh blaine mike what were some of your fantasy takeaways from uh week five uh, throw everything you know out the window <laughs> i thought that was our takeaway from week four it didn't matter uh, for me, this was definitely sort of a throwback to what I, what I hoped had happened in week four was I'd see some more of these clean sheets, and I didn't get that. So I was like, well, forget it. I'm just going to kind of go for some middle-of-the-road defensive picks. Maybe I'll get lucky. And we had many more clean sheets this round. Most surprising, I think, was Toronto-Montreal, only uh, to be followed up by the, the strange 3-2 goal fest that was Vancouver-Toronto. So uh, some weird things happening with the Canadian teams that I don't think we expected, for sure didn't expect. Um, Montreal, yes, because MLS 2020 I see in chat. Uh, definitely for Montreal, they had some key players back, so that needs to be taken into consideration. I don't think this needs to be a quick overreaction swinging toward Montreal um, without taking consideration their fixtures, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but, but kind of concerning for Toronto, especially... The, the Vancouver one just caught me completely off guard, and I haven't looked at that game yet because I, I don't want to judge Vancouver just based on that one game either. However, a team that I do think we should be keeping an eye on is uh, RSL. They had another good good finish, 2-2 against Seattle, and then they had some rotations uh, when they went up against Minnesota and got trounced 4-0, but it's that 2-2 game against Seattle that I think is is more telling. I mean, people like, like Rusnak didn't start in that second game so those rotations were for real i think as we talked about before a lot of that is this crazy away team schedule flying in the day of having to play and then flying out so you can see why some of these big names were being rested especially when they have home games coming up so i think there's there's some life in rsl that that needs to be explored um super happy with fc cincinnati getting another clean sheet hooah but then Ending there, as I as I keep telling my wife, FC Cincinnati didn't lose, and uh, that's just really what I'm going for. But they they broke that <laughs> record against uh, Columbus in in the Hell's Real Derby again, and got and got trounced there. Um, I have another one, but I'm going to give you guys a second before I just keep going. Um, I mean, for Toronto, uh, looking at the expected goals, like they did okay. It, it is had bad luck kind of in both games so i'm not really too worried about them um as long as they don't do whatever that penalty kick attempt was um Pozuelo, you're very good in mls you are not messy and piotti is not luis suarez don't don't try that ever again ever 
especially at least when you're on my fantasy team. If you're you're playing New York <laughs> City, you want to do something stupid, that's fine. Uh, but I'm not really too worried about them. Um, <clears throat> I think some teams to be worried about: uh, Atlanta United. Uh, you mentioned Pity Martinez. Uh, we've had a lot of news since we recorded a podcast last. Uh, Pity Martinez has been sold. Uh, no replacement has come in as of yet. I I think Atlanta. We we we've come to the place where. I'm picking defenders against Atlanta because I don't know who can score for them. Uh, they don't seem to have a plan. Um, I, I don't know if they scored at all this week. Um, had a lifeless nil-nil draw against Miami, and, and they these, those teams they, those teams play again. Uh, New York Red Bulls fired their coach. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be impact much for fantasy, but they seem to be really struggling to score. Um, <clears throat> DC United uh, against New York City pretty much. I don't think they attempted a shot or came close to not attempting a shot, which would have been a record for a home team uh, in MLS, uh, which was pretty much Ben Olsen's magnum opus. That's a perfect game for him. Um, <laughs> never attempting a shot at all. Uh, they, they have problems uh, offensively as well, which is really kind of disappointing with uh, talent like uh, um, Gressel and Ola Kamara. Uh, you would have thought they would have, you know, been able to string something together, but Ben Olsen manages to suppress all offense of any kind uh, in his vicinity. Um, it's kind of a general fantasy takeaway, which will impact in a rule that I will violate again this week, just because I can't help myself, is leaning too much on results for games that already happened. Um, I mean, we're seeing repeats of games time and time again, and a lot of those changed completely around Montreal and Toronto was a perfect example. Toronto smoked them the first game completely flipped around. Most of those games changed this time. Seattle, Portland, another example, one of the few examples that didn't with the galaxy and LAFC. I think the galaxy have looked really, really good offensively since coming back, even though they're conceding a few goals every now and then they're, they're not quite as porous as they were in MLS's back and their offense is absolutely clicking even which, without Chicharito, it's mostly been Legette and Pavone. They're all on the same page, and they're stringing stuff together and accumulating a ton of points. So those are kind of the big takeaways I had. A couple more that I'll throw in right now is the other one that I didn't mention before, giving Mike some time. Houston came on strong. I know we talked about Quintero and we talked about uh, Mimo last week. Both of those players had, had good rounds. Houston has, I think, a couple of good matches looking looking this week as well as for, for potential. But Houston is definitely has uh, some offensive players to keep an eye on from the fantasy side right there. Um, reacting to a quick comment from chat, uh, we had... Uh, Adam mentioned that Miami may not be able to score, but their defenders are ones that look as if the matchup is good and they're cheap. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to put down Miami's defense. Uh, I think they've gotten better from what we've seen of the season so far, and being cheap is awesome. The only hesitation I have is their past games were, or Orlando, where they gave up a couple of goals, then they gave up one goal to. Nashville, and then we come back to this week where Atlanta has lost its two biggest attackers and they didn't score against Miami. And then they played Nashville again and didn't score. So I don't feel like they've had the best challenge for their defense. But that being said, they have some quality and they have a cheap price. So I'm I'm not going to turn down a Miami defender. I'm just hesitant to to be like... Yeah, I'm all on board the Miami defense train, but I I would totally go with one as a bench option 
for sure. Blaine, I saw you nodding. You like? I know you had LGP, so you clearly have some Miami tendencies. Yeah, um, I was just kind of watching the matchup, like trying to see who they play that game. Um, was that the Nashville game? Yeah, I think I banked on the Nashville game. I mean, they got a clean sheet in both, so yeah. can't complain. But I think I was banking more on the Nashville game and Nashville not being able to score. But, yeah, I've been watching that trend a little bit. And Miami's defense looked pretty good and against a team that is struggling to score, which you have a few of those in the East with Atlanta, with Cincinnati, with Nashville, um, and even Montreal to some degree. Like, and I know that's probably not a matchup that we're going to see very often. But, yeah, given a team that's struggling to score or not putting together a ton of shots, um, I would take Miami's defense in a heartbeat, given the way the season's gone. I think they've got a better than average shot at a clean sheet on those matchups. And we have to mention, as Mike said, LA Galaxy did well, which I love. I love that. Uh, Legit has definitely been a different player, the player that we hoped he would be. We also have to mention that uh, LEFC, before that El Trafico, at the end of the of the week, found some of their scoring form again with with Rossi getting a brace and then three other players getting up on the scoreboard as well. I just wanted to I wanted to send out that meme from from uh, Robin Williams's Peter Pan when when the the boy is pushing his smile, going Oh, there you are, Peter. But I want to be like Oh, there you are, LAFC, scoring five goals on San Jose. So uh, LAFC is maybe getting some of their form back, though not apparently against LA Galaxy, which is definitely not what we would expected after the MLS is back tournament. Um, I think I'm surprised Blaine didn't ask the question uh, that he asked for, for us in chat about um, we had talked about whether or not LAFC was better without Vela. And the answer is absolutely not. <laughs> I, I don't think that scoring a ton of goals against San Jose is anything other than, other than San Jose is really, really bad. <laughs> so you I mean, you're not on the, on the boat. I'm I'm not on the LAFC okay boat. okay you're you're still like I mean no, if they're no. against San Jose like sure but <laughs> okay um. <laughs> no that's fair some hesitation I think that's and fine I didn't I didn't get to watch that game so I don't know what the timeline was at on that one but I know LAFC has a big tendency to snowball um, especially mm. if teams start chasing in the shortened season. And we kind of saw that in the tournament, too. If they get a lead and somebody does try to come back on them, they will – they'll start – they can easily counter counterattack and capitalize on teams that push up. So if it is one of those matchups where you think they're going to go really, really well, um, maybe you do want to jump in on that and hope that they snowball because everybody seems to score when they get, get to that. Mm-hmm. Is what I just I pulled it up, yeah, 21 49, and then they did 64 69 and 83. Like, one once the floodgates open, this team just seems to score at will, but that's only happened once every third or fourth game so far this year. But something to keep an eye on comes in bunches. A uh, comment from Patrick in chat was that there is no strategy for this year, following trends is a bust, differentials is a bust. Uh, I'm not going to go quite. Actually, I'm going to go against that. I'm just going to own it. I'm going to go against that. And my general takeaway to wrap this segment up, unless you guys have something else you want to add, is that this is definitely not a season as we're normally used used to seeing. But I, I think the main takeaway is you really have to look at 
the individual matchups and try to evaluate it based on that. I think we saw the new double game week schedule help a lot of us, uh, especially, I mean, I had Aronson who got better points for me in the second round and some other players got some better points in the second rounds that, that helped us score. So that was a positive right there. Um, but I think this is um, definitely one where you got to look at those individual matchups to see what can be capitalized, what weaknesses can be exploited by each team uh, and trying to take advantage of that week to week and not necessarily just having a must-have player that rides with you for for the entire season or for the entire little qualifier round that you're playing in for the Champions League. Yeah, Reed, I want to follow up on that because I think traditional fantasy trends and stuff that we've used aren't as effective this year. Um, player results because of rotation don't matter a whole oh, yeah. lot. Rotation. Everything's there. Um, I think Mike has said it multiple times, and Mike's right on this. It's targeting against the teams you know are going to be play a more predictable style. Hmm. Uh, that's where I said with Inter-Miami, you're, you're looking at Nashville, and I mean, if you're taking Eastern Conference defenders, you're looking at against Nashville, Miami, Atlanta, and Cincinnati. Those teams are not scoring at the rate of everybody else. And this has kind of been a goal-heavy year. Those teams are consistently not scoring. So you've got to watch those trends. But on top of that, you have to watch the lineup. There are certain teams, like if you see Iguain start for D.C., I'm going to assume D.C. is going to score a little bit more often because he's been their key playmaker. Um, when you see a guy like Zeller Ion sit, it changes the way Columbus plays. It's it's a heavy it, – it, it changes the way we have to watch trends, and it really plays into the hands of guys like us that watch all the lineups and watch all the games. And if, if you have a weekend like I did where you couldn't watch the lineups as closely – um, it can it can hurt you a little bit. You don't you don't have all that. I mean, I know Mike got stuck with Nani this week, which if you can't see the lineups, it's gonna hurt and that's gonna drop your score overall. But when you can see the lineups, you're looking at key players that are in those teams, and if you see them there, you go with them. If you see them pulled out, you may shy away from the team completely because it changes the entire way the game is gonna play out. And there are trends that you can follow. Things are getting more predictable. I know. I'll talk about them a little later, but Philly's been one of those teams I've been watching, mm -hmm. and they're getting more and more predictable as you see how the lineup shapes up and who's on defense and who they're playing against. So we are finding some – I am finding trends. I don't know if everybody is, but I am finding some trends that I can use going forward, but it really is lineup dependent more than it is team form or anything else, <clears throat> which means it's a game-time decision. You've got about an hour to start making all these last-minute changes. All right, well, let's move on to our housekeeping section right now. Uh, so round six, which is what we're talking about tonight, starts on September 9th. And uh, with the schedule being updated with some of these makeup games, it starts at 8 p.m. Uh, with Inter-Miami versus Atlanta and then uh, Minnesota versus Dallas and Montreal versus Toronto. So those three games kick us off at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, September 9th. Uh, again, for those listening right now, uh, that is tomorrow. And for those of you more likely listening tomorrow when this gets posted on the podcast, uh, it is today. So if you have not set your team Hurry up there and get it set because there are going to be some some teams who are playing. Uh, the heads up, as I, I've started to give with this crazy new schedule, round seven starts on September 16th, uh, three days after the end of, of round six. So be ready for that. However 
currently there is only one game listed on the, in the fantasy game for September 16th for round week seven, and that is Vancouver versus Montreal. So I'm assuming that will be updated. I also assume that maybe they just didn't fill in the rest of the roster because they weren't sure if the season was going to actually go more than six weeks. So I don't know, but keep an eye on that for round seven because it is right around the corner. Uh, this is a double game week round up. An average, a good, a good size double game week round. Not the massive ones that we've seen uh, over the past three weeks, uh, two of the last three weeks. But uh, we have several teams who are on a double game week this round. Those teams are Miami, Atlanta, Dallas, Montreal, Colorado, Houston, Real Salt Lake, LAFC, and San Jose. I believe that I skip any of those, Mike. Did I miss any of them? I think you got them. Those are most of the teams that are playing on Wednesday and Thursday. So that's a good kind of cheat sheet to, to double check. Uh, of those teams, Real Salt Lake has the only double home game. And Atlanta and Dallas have a double away game. So uh, keep that in mind for however important that is for you. Everyone else is on a single game week. So no buys this week. At least my initial scan through saw no buys unless I missed something, guys. I didn't see any either. Yep. I don't know why it's not listed on the page. That's, you know, new provider, new system, but uh, we gave Darn our... you, James <laughs> Shake my fist at you. We gave our quick scan, and it does not look like there are any buys this week, uh, but we have the double gaming teams right there. Which begs the question, uh, I had this last couple of weeks, and this time this comes from Guilty Bumblebee 4 um, says, does a switcheroo still work on a double game week? Michael Blaine, you want to tackle that question real quick? Yeah, so it, it, it can work. It kind of depends how the double game week is set up and which players you want to swap in. Um, idea How it generally will work is whoever has the double game weeks, if you can see both of their scores, um, you can have them on the bench. And then you have a player who has a late game, probably from a single game week team, um, ideally the very last game scheduled. So that way you can see the scores on your bench. And if you don't like any of them, then you can switch in, take out the scrub and put in a player who's actually going to play in that late game. Um, so it is possible. It's been a lot more difficult with the way the schedules have worked um, for these double game weeks because generally they've been playing on Wednesday and the last game um, of this of the of the weekend. So it's been difficult to kind of construct, but it, it can be done. Um, generally, I think with these massive double game weeks, you're better served to have more of an auto-roo. Um, to me, your only real switcheroo strategy is if you're really only banking on that first game and they have a bad second game. So um, if, if that first game doesn't go the way you wanted and you're not optimistic about the second game, then you could do the switch. That's available too, but obviously you're taking a risk that they go off in the second game, but it is possible to do it. But with the way these schedules are and so many teams, it's harder to do. That's why I think generally you're just better served doing an auto brew um, and switching really only if something terrible goes or happens. And for those of you who may be new uh, to the game this season, a, a switcheroo <laughs> is where you manually change the player on your team. Uh, you manually manually change the player in your starting lineup. Normally where you would start a player whose score you want to preview on your bench, if you don't like it, you would manually change the player 
on your team to prevent that player from switching in from your bench. And auto-roo is where you have a couple of players on your bench and you're allowing the game to automatically pick which player you want to come in. Sometimes this line gets blurred because it could be possible for you to intentionally switch a player out of your team to a scrub or a, t or a player that doesn't play to force the game to auto-roo. Uh, but in general, an auto-roo is letting the game take care of the switch for you with your highest scoring player on your bench. And a switch-roo is you manually making a change to your team to force that change or to select an, a different player entirely uh, to just go with his score. But Mike's spot on. It's definitely harder this season with this new double game week schedule, which I'm, it's not a knock on it. I still, I still love this schedule. It really does make you have to bank on that first game and really think about what's coming up. So I, I like it uh, for this round without an, a team on a buy. the, the easiest teams, I guess, if you're trying to preview scores, uh, going with someone like LA Galaxy or, or Portland Timbers who are playing at the very end of the week, um, they're going to give you the opportunity to preview whatever scores you want to preview. That that might not be the best with this weird schedule. You might be able to go with a Sporting Kansas City might be a better option for you. I don't think Sporting Kansas City players are going to be super high on, on your target list so you might not have to worry about having all three of those spots um, they play early on sunday so you still have some flexibility with with moving around um, other than that a lot of the other players have a lot of the other teams that are playing on saturday are part of the double game week schedule or might have players that you might want to have actual players from and so you don't want to necessarily fill up a spot with a scrub because you may want to bring somebody yeah. in so that's probably have, who i would uh, look at you do have Vancouver and you do have Portland playing on, on there that I think you could use on their single yeah. game weeks. Um, I mean, but I mean, you're generally banking. The, the problem with that is that you're not going to see LAFC's second game, yeah. um, which is probably, um, you're not, and you may not see all of Minnesota, Minnesota's game, depending on which one you pick. Mm. Um, so that might be an issue depending if, if, if you're banking there. But if, if the teams that you're really looking at or you know Colorado, Houston, Dallas, RSL teams that play Saturday, mm -hmm. um, you'll you'll be okay using yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Um, this week's actually really good for seeing two scores before you have to make your switch. It's fantastic. But I've I've preached caution all season with this that you're running the risk of a late game player that you have targeted not playing with all of the rotation. And then you're stuck on the back end with having to take whoever is available mm -hmm. and possibly passing up on better options. Um, I look at Portland at that late kickoff. Like I, I like Diego Valeri in this one, but you worry about rotation. You worry about travel. You worry about all these things. Well, Valeri is meets all of the or checks all those boxes. He's a. <laughs> we get where you're going. We get where you're yeah. going with that, Blake. Yeah. Um, hang on, Lily. Hang on. L Lily um, was done with that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But but I mean, you just you run the risk of your of your first choice not playing later, and then you're having to scramble. And the last thing you want to do is pass over a guy. We'll just throw it out there, like Pozuelo thinking that you're going to go for, or you'd want Pozuelo in a midweek game or the middle of the week, 
you could get that score, but you really want to see what that last win. You think Valeri's a little better, and then Valeri doesn't start, and then you've had to pass on Pozuelo, pick somebody else. So it it, it can be very. Yeah. <laughs> Lily said pick somebody else. That's right. She sure Don't does. Go Larry. <laughs> Larry's off the table this week. Right. And that's why I like Sporty Kansas City because it gives you the opportunity to see all those double game scores to know. And if you're going to pivot, you still have people like Portland or LA Galaxy. Though the reason I kind of shy away from that, and I agree with Mike that an Otteru may be better, is because I'm not huge on Portland players this week against LAFC, especially on the road where they are. And you're probably going to already have LA Galaxy players on your team. So... I don't really know how effective that would be unless you just save the save the cap space and just find out if if hey if if you're running in there and Quintero gets a a double hat trick and you're like well forget that I don't need legit then then yeah you could save yourself some cash there I guess or do whatever there's some weird things that could happen but um I, I do would say this is probably not the greatest week for for a lot of the switches maybe with autos before we finish up housekeeping I should probably mention uh uh Sebastian Blanco's declared out with an ACL tear. Obviously, he'll miss the rest of the season. Um, that's a big fantasy loss. Uh, and also, you know, a huge loss to what Portland was doing offensively. Uh, Mark Anthony K uh, also got a red card, so he'll miss game one of the double game week. Uh, I think those are the big oh, injury call. cards that affect the double game weeks. Good call right there. Um, we did – we did hear this week that we well, Polito was supposed to miss a game, the midweek game, for a rest because um, he had played every minute since the tournament. Or not every minute, but he had played every game since the tournament. Poorly. Uh, now it sounds yes. like he may have picked up a slight knock. Oh. And that's why he was held out the second game. They're hoping it's nothing major. I haven't heard anything really confirmed, but now the rumor is he's got a slight knock and his status is questionable. All right, well, don't worry. I was not going to have him in my team anyway. So there. Most All right. People probably weren't. Most people were not. But let's find out who you guys are considering having into your teams. Ooh, look at that. Perfect transition. Uh, let's go to our player picks for round six uh, of this time. So we saw some rotations during uh, the second double game week last week. Are you guys expecting to see more rotations this week, or do you think those players were being saved for this round? Uh, I'm not sure. I, the, the thing about most of these teams is that none of the are pretty much all of these teams are kind of struggling as far as the double game week teams. Um, so I don't know if we're going to see tons of rotation, but then again, you may just have some where they just, you know, slough off a game. Uh, I mean, you know, L LAFC is one that I'm worried about. One, you go to al altitude, and I'm always kind of worried about that trip. You're not going to have Mark Anthony K, regardless. Um, and then, you know, Bob Bradley's talking about the players' mental health and, and all of that. So I, I, that might be one I'm kind of worried about. Um, more, my main concern this week is just weirdness with the weather. Um we have a lot of fires going on in the Northwest yeah. uh, in California. Um, we have a lot of Western games. We also have blizzards uh, coming through to Colorado and Minnesota. So these may be, be snow games. You know, it's 2020. Anything could happen. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I am kind of worried more about, like, especially if you get kind of weather-impacted games, if a coach just says, you know what, 
this is going to be a weird game anyway. I'm just going to trot out the young guys and give my older guys a break. I, th- this is definitely one to kind of keep an eye on lineups because we're getting towards the end of, you know, the rotation. And especially like two of these games are the makeup games from the protests. And so, you know, those were situations where they had a ga- day where they flew out to the place and then flew back in. Like LAFC is a perfect example. They flew into RSL and then had to fly right back. They didn't get like a break really for, for that week. So they may have it be a little bit more tired than some of these other teams. Yes, uh, Andrew Crawler in chat just said that the odds of reigning frogs is at is at minus one twenty two. Last time he checked, so that's <laughs> uh, it's pretty that's pretty good. Well, let's move on to the actual player picks, guys. Um, keepers and defenders. Who are you targeting this week, Blaine? Um, I'm going a little weird here. I saw something this week that I kind of want to see, and I'm going with uh, Saint Clair as my first goalkeeper in the keeper reel. Um, he's third string for uh, Minnesota, but got the clean sheet against uh, RSL. Um, decent points there for that one. And I don't know, their second string with Miller out was a name I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I would butcher it. Um, he didn't look good. The defense didn't look good. I mean, they were almost becoming one of those that you target against <laughs> because they score a goal or they're giving up a goal a game. So I'm hoping this switch will help. But on the back end of that, um, I'm actually going to try Joe Willis again um, for Nashville. I just, I think this is a good spot to go with. Uh, Price-wise, it it works out. I may change that up a little bit as we go. But I'm just, I'm kind of thinking along those lines. You have Uh, to help there, Blaine. Ranjet Singh. Yeah, no, I'm not butchering that one. It's, it's from chat ranjet singh i mean that's what we do on this podcast blaine is is we we sort of butcher names give the people the what they want it's right give the people <laughs> what they want and and then anyway um looking at uh a columbus defender i've got josh williams for the price uh columbus defense has gone way up pushing 10 million um can be tough and then i'm gonna run with uh i think dave romney and chase gasper go with the nashville and minnesota double up there I just these are games that I I like. I think this is where you can find some pretty good points consistently. So I'm gonna go with those, and just kind of see what happens. What about you, Mike? Um, so keeper is a kind of position that I'm really uh, undecided on. Um, right now I have Diop. Um, he's usually pretty good about accumulating bonus points. Um. And he has a really good second matchup uh, against Vancouver. Um, if I don't go with him, I'll probably go with Robles. Uh, it'll save me a, a little bit of money. Um, right now, budget's not a problem. Um, and then if it all kind of goes wrong, then kind of swap in, I think, Mira uh, against DC United um, with all the Red Bulls tr- troubles. Um, they're generally pretty good about keeping a clean sheet. They almost kept a clean sheet except for a last-minute wonder goal from DC United. So that seems like a pretty safe swap if Diop has a really terrible first game and gets like a red card or something. Um, but that's obviously one where I wish there was a smoother keeperu uh, really available to me. Uh, as far as other defenders, um, right now on the bench, I have Camacho and Gonzalez Perez. Um, LGP's gotten some decent bonus points, and Camacho's been 
pretty good as bonus point production as well. Uh, then on the field, I have um, Ruan as kind of a placeholder in you know to see if those guys below I just mentioned do well, and if they do, then I will swap him in with a player who's not going to play, and if not, he's a four million player who will play and has a decent uh, game against Miami. Uh, then I also have on the field, I have Miles Robinson, uh, Miami and Nashville both struggling to score, uh, and Robinson is getting pretty good bonus points, and then Justin Glad. Uh, for RSL, two home games uh, and two uh, – LAFC has been kind of porous uh, defensively, and Glad has been getting more and more involved in set pieces and attacks. So um, I think he's a pretty decent shout this week. Yeah, you guys have some, some great names. Are you finding Price is is becoming an issue? Because we've got some defenders, and I think Matrita is $10 million. Some of those, some of those defenders are ten million for a defender. Ah, yeah, so some of them are nuts, but I think it, I think it'll bounce back. Like even I think Miles Robinson is a great example. He um, dropped a little bit uh, because he got rotated once, yeah. uh, and all these guys are going to get rotated once, and that's going to impact their score. So th- there's definitely New York City is a real bad one because they're all playing. And um, I actually had Tanner Holm in my first iteration of the team before I realized that. Um, or two other, four other double game week teams, um, because New York City does have a pretty decent matchup. Uh, and Tanner Home and Matarita, I think, are really good um, because of the way Dealey is playing. They're pretty much just booming crosses the whole time, so they're going to get a ton of bonus points. Uh, and if they get an assist, you know, you know, you're, you're hitting the jackpot. But um, I think it's leveling out somewhat. But it, it, the past few weeks have been a lot tougher than the first few weeks. Yeah, Tinderholm's a little bit cheaper, and he's actually one that I have on my team right now that I like because I'm sort of banking against FC Cincinnati again, which with with my defensive or my uh, goalkeeper options. Uh, I agree with you, Mike. I think Diop's a good option. Um, Toronto had some frustrations. I think that's that's a good pick. I just don't know about Inter-Miami and Atlanta. I guess you could go with one of their, like Guzan or somebody, but... I don't know. I just don't know what to expect from Atlanta anymore after all this this turmoil that's going on down there. And uh, so I don't quite know about about Miami. Atlanta may just be just as bad as some of those picks that I mentioned before with with going up against um, against Nashville and, and that. So uh, so maybe going with Miami could work. I'm looking at Diop right now, probably as a keeperu switch, uh, or I may just pitch him entirely because I'm also looking at Sean Johnson. I just don't have faith that Cincinnati can score and. Um, even as a single game week player. I know, again, a week or two ago we talked about having two bites at the apple, and I said that it's it's not necessarily having two bites at the apple, but what kind of apple are you having a bite on? And uh, I feel like Cincinnati could be that Honeycrisp apple that I want to get one bite of and not just two bites of those uh, like Red Delicious, which are usually not delicious. They're soft and mealy, and I don't like them. Uh, so I'm looking at sort of uh, maybe just Sean Johnson and that being it. Uh, he's a little bit expensive, but if I'm not going with another viable keeper, then that that could work. Uh, defenders, you guys, uh, I think covered some good options. I think Colorado might also have some options there. Uh, Rosenberry and Abu Bakar. Um, Colorado is playing Houston and RSL. Houston's been pretty hot. RSL has been um, kind of hot as well. So that might not be the best matchup, but that's the Rocky Mountain Derby. Rocky Mountain Cup, whatever you all call it. 
And uh, so that could be an interesting <laughs> game. But um, Rosenberry and Abu Bakar have had some good bonus point production, and they're cheap. And that's sort of what I'm looking at with a couple of these options is um, some of these players, defenders are stupid, expensive now, pushing eight and a half, nine, ten million. So if you're yeah. going to go with someone like, like Tinnerholm or Comancho and you're already going to spend um, almost 17 million right there, getting somebody like like a Gasper that you mentioned, Blaine, who's who's 5.2, or Rosenberry or Abubakar, who's 4.3, 4.2. Some of those types of players are really going to help. They're they're completely viable with their bonus point production, and that's what you really want to look at uh, with these players. Maybe finger cross for a clean sheet, uh, but if they can produce some decent bonus points for you, uh, then that's great. Or if they're playing out of position, um, I know that someone in chat mentioned Zussi maybe playing out of position. Um, there's a... Uh, Shoot, name name escapes me. He's not playing um, out of position, but uh, uh, Metanair at at Minnesota usually is a very offensive minded. So he's he's only at four point two if he's if he's in. So um, some some options there, some good value that I think people could find on the defensive side. Reed, I ran, I just counted them up because I was curious when you asked. Um, the top ten defenders in the game right now are all over nine million. Uh, are the price points. There's 10 defenders over $9 million right now. Three of those being Columbus players. Um, I know I, I count up 29 are over 8 million or at 8 million or above. So, I mean, we're talking a pool of almost 30 guys and the big names we tend to turn to, they've already hit that 8 million price point, which is insane. Um, it, I love the $125 million budget. You can get these guys in there, but you've got to make sacrifices somewhere else. Um, and then goalkeepers are kind of the same way. You've got Sean Johnson over $10 million already. You've got three more at over nine and another three over eight. And I mean, last year, I think we were seeing goalkeepers top out around $8 million by the end of the season. And we've already got a guy at 10. So this is going to be crazy to watch. Um, and then like our even our other starters like we've we've gone back and forth on a couple of these teams uh guzan's over eight teton for cincinnati is at eight diop's another one he's at 8.4 even fry is actually one of your cheaper solid starters at 7.2 if you trust that defense so you kind of got your big names that you would expect to be doing well you're going to pay a premium for those at this point and i struggle with that on defense still um Andrew just said the fantasy mullet is still cool. I still believe in the fantasy mullet. Yeah, party in, or yeah, party in the back. Just throw throw your cheapest guys out there and pray for the best and spend your money up front. Yeah, for which sure. May not work, which may not work this season, but it's it it seems to do okay if you can target the right teams or target a team that's got one of those cheaper options. Sorry, I'm I'm talking about apples and. Uh... In the chat right now, which uh, I, I, for some reason, have very strong opinions on on apples, um, but uh, Honeycrisp forever. Um, Saul Ruan mentioned in chat a couple times. I, I don't know. I'm not huge on Orlando. Their defenders haven't had the greatest run over the last few rounds. They are playing against Miami in Miami's second game, so um, Ruan is cheap. So I, if you're banking on that, Miami having some rotation or Miami, I mean that's. It's an away game, but they're going back home to Florida. So I don't know if that's the worst of the away games. I mean, you start out on Wednesday flying up to Atlanta, or Atlanta flying to you, and then you just have to 
go over to Orlando from Miami. I don't know. It just I just don't think that's as big of an impact as someone like I mean, let's look down at uh, I don't know, New England going to Philadelphia might be a little bit longer. I don't know. These aren't aren't horrible, but it's not like we're having Vancouver fly into somebody across country. Um, going to Montreal, I guess, is kind of a kind of a long haul for Vancouver. Um, if they were going Montreal to Vancouver, but I don't know. Um, Ruan's okay. Not not one of my my better, cheaper options, I think. All right, let's move on to midfielders, where I just saw mentioned in chat the big news, uh, if you can say big news, but I think as it was said on Twitter, Lee Wynn has made his revolution and is back with the revolution. Yep. So he's he's back in New England right there after after kind of going around the league. So I don't uh, I don't know if that makes him a popular pick this week, but Mike, who you're looking at? Yeah, I, I do think that that you know maybe not necessarily this week as he gets acclimated, you know, to, to the move back, but I think long term the rest of the season it may increase uh, Bo's value. Um, Bo's kind of like was playing like real far back, uh, and maybe Win will probably allow him to play up front where he can have more success if Win kind of takes that heel role. We're gonna see have to see how Bruce Arena uh, uses Win. But as far as my picks for this week, uh, I'm going to start with uh, what went really well last week, uh, which is Darwin Quintero. Um, he's still a great price for when we talk, just talked about all the price craziness. He's only 9.6. Um, Houston has been killing it. Uh, both of their opponents, Colorado and Dallas, while they're not you know, giving up tons of goals, um, I would think that Houston could find success against them. Uh, it is two row games, which is a little bit of a drawback, but still not too bad. <clears throat> then I have uh, one of my few single game week players, uh, Sebastian Legette. Um, as mentioned earlier, I don't think terribly highly of San Jose. San Jose has been giving up a ton of goals to both of the LA teams, and I don't expect that to change um, with them coming off of a double game week. Uh, especially it's kind of a short double game week because they have to play Thursday night in um, Seattle and then they have to turn around for the Sunday game. So I think there will be some success there. Then going going back to the double game week picks that I have, I have Titer. Uh, I like the Vancouver matchup, and Titer has been a pretty consistent player for us. And so, you know, as long as he can have some success in one of those games, I think he'll do well. And then I have one of the cheaper picks. I am passing over Rusnak for Ruiz from RSL. Um, he has a little bit more consistent production than Rusnak has. Rusnak doesn't seem to have quite the ceiling that we've seen in years past. So I'm going to go with Ruiz for the two home games, and I think he'll outscore. You know, if he was, you know, the, if you were adding up the two game weeks, maybe I'll go with Rusnak, but I think Ruiz is the better pick with this system we have. All right. Right there, Blaine, who are you targeting? Yeah, I think I'm taking a little different approach. I'm kind of going. With, I think, I'm kind of going with the guys that have just been hot. I, we're seeing teams play the same teams over and over again, and I think for certain players that makes them better. And so, like, I'm not dropping Pozuelo off of my team this week. Um, he has just been too consistent playing the two Canadian teams. Uh, I think he's good for at least eight pretty much every every game or at least every week, and so I'm going to roll with it. Um, I'm going to jump on the legit train at this point. Uh, don't trust San Jose, even though LA is considered the road team. Um, I just 
I I am just seeing guys play good or play well against certain teams over and over again. And so I'm going to go with a third road player in Zellerion against Chicago. I think this is a time where they can really get something done. Um, Chicago has been one of those teams that actually had to look up their schedule to see how they've done. <laughs> they have, though. No, no, I was just I was curious because we keep seeing ups and downs, and I keep seeing their strikers or their their attacking players get on the score sheet, and then I look and they they've only kept a, cu- a couple of clean sheets, and I think those were. Uh, one of those was a Cincinnati game, um, which Cincinnati doesn't have all the offensive firepower. Every other time they give up goals. So I'm looking at Zellerion against that and targeting that. But at the same time, I'm looking at their recent games. They didn't score against Cincinnati. They didn't score against – or yeah, they didn't score against um, Columbus. They didn't score against Vancouver. They didn't score against San Jose. Those aren't strong teams, but it seems like when they face some of the stronger defenses, these attackers struggle to score. So I'm going to kind of target against Chicago, but that brings me to Zellerion for a road game. And then I'm, uh, I, uh, this this was a tough week. Um, I've got Jan Gregoosh on there. He's got to go off at some point. I don't trust what Dallas is doing, and I really don't trust what Kansas City's doing right now. Like I think. Take, I'll take the two bites at that one and hope he gets something in one of them, preferably the first game for my own sanity. But that's a yeah. And then uh, Quintero for Houston. I I don't really want to miss out on that. I think the Colorado game could be kind of a trap. I mean, they're playing on the road twice, but again, I don't think road games are as big of a problem for some of those short flights. And the guys seem to be coming in and playing pretty okay in most situations. So it, it's knowing those matchups. And I'm going to take just some guys that have been pretty consistent for a while now and hope for the best because I have not had the greatest uh, start to this round. So I say uh, I see Gregush as uh, an option that's popping up in chat as well. What about Molino? I think that's the back and forth this time. Uh, Molino got two assists this last week. Uh, Gregush has a little bit better results a little bit earlier in the season, a little bit slack off right now. I think Molino's a little cheaper. Uh, Molino had a great MLS's back tournament for whatever that might be worth. Molino is so boomer bust. Um, he, he gets he has some really good ones and then he either gets rotated or comes in as a late sub or he's not a guy that I, I've been able to rely on as much. I look at his uh, stat sheet for the entire season. The RSL game was the first time he went 90. Before that, he's got 31 minutes, 45 minutes, 65 minutes, 42 minutes, and 81 minutes. And the 81 was before the break. So he's he's had a couple of injuries. He's got two ones on there being as a sub role. If Molino starts against the right team, I love having him available. And if it tells you anything, I put enough faith in Vancouver. I actually have both Gregoosh and Molino on my draft team. Like, I wanted those options. I, I refuse to give those up, even though Molino's not playing as much. I think Molino has the higher ceiling any given game. If he starts and plays 60, 70 minutes at least, um, I think Gregoosh is probably your safer bet, especially if you can't check lineups. For uh, for you, Mike, I'm trying to think. Did 
Did Minnesota just get a new player, a new midfielder? Uh, Rayoso, yes, a uh, new uh, attacking mid. I don't think he's in the game yet, though. So that's that's. Um, oh no, no. He yes, he is. Yes, he is. I see him. He just doesn't have a picture. So he's six points. Does does he mix up anybody uh, for for this round? Mix up your thoughts about if you're going to want to go go with him. Six points last week. I mean. I don't know what his conditioning is like just arriving. You know, I mean, I, I can't imagine that Minnesota would throw him into the fire. You know, if you make a big a, a new signing, generally your plan is we want this for, I would think, a, frankly, a different season than this. I would expect them to slow play it. They're looking, you know, more for the long term. They're not trying to bring him in to win now. Minnesota's not a win now team. So... I mean, I could see him taking minutes, but I mean, I think Blaine hit the nail on the head as far as Molino. Molino has already hasn't been going 90 minutes. Heath has been using him sporadically. And we know that Heath likes Molino. So, you know, he, Heath is doing a lot of rotation and, and man management. Um, even Gregus has not uh, gone 90 a few times, even though he started and, and gotten some substantial minutes. Um, honestly, to me, it just I haven't really been high on Minnesota. Just thrashing RSL with a heavily rotated RSL side isn't all that impressive to me. <laughs> so even though they don't have like they have decent matchups this week, I just think they're better options. Let's talk RSL. Uh, Mike, you mentioned Ruiz. Um, uh, we have uh, Quilich is also a name that's been doing well these last few games, and of course Rusnak. The classic player, I think he got an assist or two this last week, maybe just one assist. Yeah, seven points, so he had one mm. assist. Um, how are you balancing all three of those players for you eventually going with, with Rusnak? Or why should other players, I mean, uh, Rui Dia, or Ruiz, not Rui Dia, Ruiz is 6.7, so that's a great value right there. <laughs> Rusnak 7.2, Krylich 9.2. Is it really that value that, that gets you with Ruiz? Um, it's it's part of it. Um, I think Ruiz has a little bit of a higher ceiling. Um now, Krylik is interesting because he probably has the highest ceiling out of all three of them, mm -hmm. but he also has a pretty low floor. Um, you know, I mean, this past week is a perfect example. Two points against Seattle, only one point against Minnesota. Um, he's not as much of the bonus point production unless it just goes off. Um, Ruiz has done, and of course I just closed my Ruiz stats. <laughs> Um, thinking like, oh, all right, we're, we're done talking about Ruiz. I can go into the, to the next player. Um, but Rusnak hasn't been doing as well as we've seen in years past. I don't think he's hit double digits at all this year. I think his highest score was either a 7 or an 8. I don't remember. Um, whereas Ruiz, since he's played, is 3, 7, and 9, um, with a lot of that being bonus points. So very consistent for the price. Uh, and I really like both of their matchups this week. Um and I think he and he's already been rotated because uh, he didn't play against Minnesota, so I feel like it's a little bit safe unless it's another Nani situation where, oops, there's an injury we just didn't tell you about. Haha, <laughs> uh, but that's pretty much true for everyone nowadays. I'm also so gonna. Th that's where I. That's why I went where I went. I'm also gonna throw out Ladero as a name people might want to consider. We mentioned betting against San Jose already with LA Galaxy. Uh, they play at Seattle with uh, the first game and on the road san jose is currently the worst defense in the league um and they're also the worst defense at home with uh with looking at the stats for chances to concede so um ladero might be one to to go against this is uh seattle is a single game week team so maybe this is not a team that you want to go in 
heavy on. Um, or maybe you even want to go crazy. I'm going to take a step back real quick because I believe Leardom has done very well uh, over these past few weeks. So maybe that's a, uh, a 6.9 defender you want to throw in and see if something happens against San Jose right there. But Seattle could have a couple of, of single game week players that you would want to keep an eye on. Uh, let's look through my notes real quick to see if there's anybody else. Mind of mix, I think you nailed on the head. Blaine Pozuelo is not one to really take a look at this week. Uh, oh, yes. How could I forget? Barco. Joseph is gone. Pity is gone. Now there is only Barco. Is he going to be the savior this week for Atlanta against Inter-Miami or against Nashville, our two expansion sides, both away games? No, he's probably too busy calling his agent trying to find the first plane out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Asking, uh, wait, I don't want to be the last one left. What, uh, what are the girlfriends of other players like in other places? <laughs> Is that what he's gonna? Go <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Maybe that was, maybe that was too bad. Okay. Well, there's a lot of options right there. Um, if, I don't think we really need to look at some of the, the cheaper players. A lot of these people that we've mentioned are sub $9 million. And So I, I think for right now, you have some really good value um, midfielders that are continuing to produce. I mean, you can even still look at like people like Aronson if you want to. Um, they're going to be... Um, let's see, I've lost his price right now philadelphia there we go he's he's 9.7 so he's right there i thought he might have been over 10 but he's right there at 9.7 maybe one of the I more expensive ones draft. i like aaronson a lot this week yeah no he's he's got a a great match it's just against new england they've they've been okay on defense so again single game week team probably bumps down a little bit in your roster because there are some decent double game week guys uh, and some better single game week players i think uh, because new england does have some defensive chops so all right it's enough about midfielders. Uh, I like I like talking about midfielders, but we can't talk about it too long because we've got to get to forwards. Who do you like, Blaine? Uh, Zardes is still in my lineup. Whoa! Um, surprise, surprise. Yeah, big surprise. Um, I feel like I have to justify it every week if I don't take him out. Still, um, Chicago has not been keeping the clean sheets against teams that like to press the attack. Um, this is one where I do think um, Columbus will find a few goals. And I'm just I'm gonna run with it. I didn't see too many better options. I was struggling with both price and and just team composition to get some of the midfielders I wanted. And so I I went with a couple of the cheaper guys. I think he's not in my lineup, but I think Rui Diaz would probably be a better option given the way San Jose is playing. But I could not afford the twelve twelve and a half million for a forward right now. Um, so I went with Zardes, and then I've got Shabilko in there. Um, New England has a pretty good defense, but this is just gut feeling the way these two teams play. I think Shabilko's ready to have another good week. Um, he did not play the last game, and so he will be coming in a little bit fresher. And I just I, I like him. And then surprisingly, I was able to fit in Pavone with my latest draft. And uh, given the way San Jose has been giving up goals, I think Pavone is pretty much a must-have this week. And so that was the last addition to my team, but it's a happy one I found I could fit in there. So those are my three going into this week. 
Mike, what about you? So I have a very different uh, picks in Blaine. I don't, actually don't think we overlap at all, which is pretty weird for us. Fantastic. Right. Um, so I have um, our release on, on my squad. Um, Houston's been um, very explosive. Uh, again, I like both of their matchups this week. So, uh, you know, Elise is one of those players where you try to ride the hot hand as long as it lasts. And right now it's lasting, so I'll stay with him. Uh, and then I have Diego Rossi. Um, obviously, I want to find out what's going to happen um, rotation-wise in the first game. That's definitely what I want to check the lineups for. Um, but RSL hasn't been great about keeping clean sheets. And um, Portland, I don't think, has been able to keep a clean sheet uh, in the entire year of 2020, uh, <laughs> and especially losing Blanco. Blanco um, even though he's more of an offensive player, I think that'll impact um, Portland negatively and allow LAFC to be more of <clears throat> be more offensive. Plus, they'll get K back for that game. So, uh, and we know how how explosive Rossi is. And then on my bench as part of my auto row, I have Chris Wondolowski. Um, he's 6.5. Yeah. Um, when he's been seeing the field, he's been scoring. Boson MLS is back and um, otherwise. So I'm happy to take a flyer for, from him. Um, and as bad as San Jose has been, um, Seattle and LA Galaxy's defense have been giving up goals as well. So um, can certainly see him sneaking one in and providing a boost off the bench. Uh, yeah, I was uh, like you. I have uh, an overlap with you, Mike. I went with Rossi as well. I, I, I think it's safe to go with an LAFC. I think you won an LAFC forward this week. Um, if it was just a blip for what their form was against San Jose, um, I feel like it's it's a good taste for them to, to have coming out of this, this round. Uh, RSL has given up goals. They are going to be traveling, but I still think there could be some opportunities for them there. And then, as you said, Portland, I, I think having an LAFC forward is a good call this week, be it Bradley Wright Phillips, be it Rossi or Rodriguez, but um, one of those, probably Rossi is who I would lean to right there, though you could easily save some cash with BWP and you have a decent shot at, at a goal. I would say for for this round. Uh, I love the Ellis pick. I had the Ellis pick. I hadn't uh, picked him up myself, but he was one that I was looking at. I like to usually just go with two forwards, and I use either the second forward as as a switch, or that's just one of my um, scrub players that I'm using with with a, a midfielder and a defender to try to go there. I like having five midfielders, and that's usually how I play. Uh, but someone, a name that I'm just going to throw out there uh, because I like to do this. To get people to think, um, Kubo Torres, 5.9, super cheap. Who knows what's going on with Atlanta? Some questions around Miami, some questions around Nashville, even though we're kind of sounding like we like Miami a little bit on defense, but some questions around Nashville. Maybe Kubo Torres gets something this round. Pretty cheap option that might be able to work into some people's uh, auto ruse. What do you guys think of that one? Not going to touch with a 10-foot pole or... Um, that's my first inclination. I'm trying to think, has he actually played? I think John has gotten more playing time. I think John would be your better option if you really wanted to go. Okay, and, you could do that too. I'm I mean, just, I, don't think they, I don't think... Let me be clear. I don't think either of those are good options. Oh, yeah. I know. Like I said, <laughs> it's, it's just something... Something that I was like, well, you know, maybe because I mean they've brought him in. He's a fair. He's like the second biggest name there right now. I guess you could you could maybe say I don't know, but um, 
I know. I, mean, it I was... guess he played, started both games last week. Oh, and yeah. Again, you've got you've got a bear again. You can consider he got a goal. Uh, I think last week playing against Cincinnati, uh, who gave up three to to Colorado to us to Columbus. So I mean they can be broken down, but they've been okay on defense. Uh, I think Pavone is I, a fantastic option, of course. Yeah, I I think Pavone. I I, I think Zardes. Uh, I liked your Chicago. Wando pick. That's 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 one I hadn't thought of. I, I like the Wando pick, and he's he's really cheap too. I mean he's yeah what's under under seven he's 6.5 there we go i mean he's 6.5 i mean he's one of the cheapest players on my team <laughs> yeah over he's in cheaper chat. than defenders which is really weird uh over in chat we're getting pavone uh getting right here brian's talking about rudy um had him on the bench for a good reason um i don't know that he's he's had some some success this season i, I don't know montreal's kind of kind of strange at times i i would definitely have him on my bench if he was someone i was going to go with uh patrick has, has chimed the courage in. to Kamara. kubo has a bad habit of missing the easiest goals i mean that sounds like what we told you patrick when <laughs> when you all got kubo so i mean it's it's not now when i'm talking about kubo i am not like here is the guy make him your captain put him on your team lock this is the whole like i've got an extra 7 million burning a hole in my pocket, which maybe you're not going to have this week. Maybe I'll take a flyer on something crazy happening with Atlanta in this turmoil. Like maybe all of a sudden Kubo becomes their guy. Maybe everyone's just like, I'm going to go focus on Barco because Kubo misses the easiest goals all the time. And maybe he finds his, his opportunities. I don't know. It's just a crazy thing. I like throwing those out there just to kind of get the little juices flowing in the mind and see. Um, Andrew Crawlett in chat mentioned Jonathan Morris. I, I think you could easily mm. go with Rui Diaz or, or Jonathan Morris. As some, and plus, with, yeah. with the fact that they have that Thursday game makes them kind of an interesting pick if you just kind of want to see um, the rest of the double game week scores. If you're really banking on one of those first games, I, I could really see that playing in there as well. Yeah, that's a great point, especially since we're still doing a little bit of an injury watch with Rui Diaz, or have we heard the confirmation on, on that? I think he's played. But I mean, how how much is lingering, and how when they're gonna, you know, sit them? I, I don't know. Okay. So we've got that. We've got that. All right. Well, let's wrap this up with captains. Blaine. I think this is a tough week. Yeah, this is a tough week. Um, in my in my first draft, I had it on Shabilko, but then I realized I could put Pavone in there, so I'm gonna switch it over to Pavone. Mike. I'm gonna go with Quintero. Um, this is kind of a weird week, so. I can't really bank on any of the forwards, I feel like, so I want to go with a midfielder who's consistent, so I'm going with Quintero. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I, I like Quintero. I As I mentioned before, I love I love having five midfielders. I love having a midfielder captain, as I said last week as well, um, and I think Quintero's had had a great run right now, and I, and I agree with you, Mike. I, I like their matches uh, this week, so Quintero is one of the ones I'm looking at as well. Uh, let's go to chat real quick. I didn't get to ask before I posted... Um, Chad, we've got uh, Patrick saying currently on Pravone from him. Uh, Brian is saying no clue. I get it. This is this is a weird week. There's there's just some. There's not a lot of standouts. I mean, you could maybe even go for a single game week captain this week. I I don't know if that's the best. Even though I'm totally on board with getting single game week players to be in your team, I don't. I think it's still going to be better to have a double game week captain when you have that ability just because of that that better chance um but that's that's a little bit hesitation right there all right well that's all that we have for the show this week thank you so much for joining us uh let's wrap things up with our plugs anything from you blaine 
Uh, nothing from me. Mike. Um, I'll just re- reiterate what we said at the beginning of the show. Kick childhood cancer. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, um, there's a lot of things going around as far as fires and Lake Charles in Louisiana still recovering from the hurricane. So uh, I know a lot of people are struggling themselves financially with everything going on. But if you are in a position to help, uh, there's a lot of people out there who could use it. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Uh, there's lots of stuff going on. Um, but uh, again, I, ah, Mike, you were right at the top of the show. We talked about kick childhood cancer. I'm going to wrap up with that again right there. Please uh, hashtag kick childhood cancer. Help support that great cause that uh, MLS and Continental are keeping up um, on the soccer side. Uh, please check out the Discord chat. Head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com. Uh, if for some reason you don't get to hear this podcast until super late, I'm going to try to get it posted as soon as I can. I'm at the, the mercy of YouTube. Discord is a great place to go just to pick people's brains. And then, of course, we always have the, the Rate My Team thread over at r slash fantasy MLS. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us tonight, and good luck. <laughs>